All right, welcome back to the big program. You know, Duke, this is uh, show number 68 for us. And this is the first time that I've ever gone for a second cup of coffee during the show because I am wire, I'm hopped up because of Valentino uh, Giselli. He has put the juices me, are flowing. He he has just taken me to another level. I'm wired. I'm stoked. I'm jacked. I'm all of those phrases, man. That's good because uh, I haven't had any coffee yet this morning, and I need to. <laughs> so you can pick up the slack for me. Like um, the did did you go for the regular coffee? Or no, I'm on cap- the cappuccino. I'm, I'm on your uh, the French vanillas. Those are so good yeah. out of that machine. Oh my goodness! And I figure I don't know whatever whatever the calorie thing is on the French vanillas. I'll, Forget I got a, about it. Got a hockey at twelve o'clock. Work so it off. Work it off. Work it off. And then uh, climbing the climbing the stairs tonight uh, at the oil game. Does that work off some calories? Yeah. I, or is there an elevator that takes you up? There, you well, no, there, there's an elevator to the press box. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. is there also stairs? Well, there has to be, I guess, in case of a fire. You can't. Well, to be honest with you, it's the elevator to the Oilers press box is the only elevator that takes you up there. Like, it's weird. Uh, for instance, I was in the Sportsnet lounge on Thursday. Mm-hmm. You cannot get from that elevator that's on all the ones. Like, say, if you're even down at the at, uh, at ice level, like the from ones, different levels to different levels, there's only Bank. one that goes. This up is to the, the press only box. one that goes to the press box. You have to. It's underneath where the media lounges, sure. where you where you eat and whatever else. That's the only one that will go up to that press box. It's the only one. Yeah. So I did have to take the stairs on Thursday. And then you bang on the back door, and this <laughs> and Jay, Jay let me in. Yeah. Oh, but well, it's probably not. Um, let's just Encouraged. call it the security is probably not happy about it. Yeah. Because that's just the way it is. But you can just tell them today, like, yeah, I had extra calories during uh, my morning show. Feel good. And so as a result, well, I need to take the stairs, deal with it. And the shred gods are with me. The man. shred gods will be with you, Kevin. Talk about the shred gods. They've been with Connor McDavid in these last five Oiler wins. Two goals, 14 assists. 16 points for Connor McDavid. Uh, looking to extend all of that uh, tonight against the Minnesota Wild. Here was Connor McDavid uh, yesterday when he addressed the media. Thought on, on the streak right now and how well you guys are playing. It looks like you've really found your game as a team. Um, yeah, obviously a lot of good signs. Um, you know, it's something that uh, we want to keep going. You know, it feels good in the room. You can feel like there's a little bit of momentum and it shows on the ice. Is it is it a confidence thing or is it a systems thing or what, what kind of... Flip the switch, I want to say. I would say it's more of a confidence thing. Um, systematically, we probably haven't changed that much. Um, you know, little tweaks here and there. But, you know, obviously the confidence in the room is growing, and um, you can see it. A guy like uh, Matthias Yammer comes back, and he looks like he's really kind of added to that group, I guess. What kind of does he bring to the group to, to help you guys out? Well, he, you know, he's just a pro. He's a veteran, um, you know, knows... Uh, knows what he's doing out there um you know he's not the flashiest of players but you know just so smart and steady um you know makes the right play all the time and you know he's really you know a huge part of our penalty kill um you know it's nice to see him getting rewarded offensively Connor, I know collectively you've all had to work through some processes but when you see Stuart Skinner work through his process and now producing the results he's shown what does that do for the club yeah, goaltending is obviously uh, you know super important in this league, and and um, you know we've always had faith in our goaltending, and you know to see Stu uh, get his game to where it is now, um, you know we always expected him to be at that level, and and um, you know he's been he's been an absolute rock for us back there. What kind of message does it send to the rest of the group when he embraces the failures and the times he kind of wishes he had back and bounces back in the way he has? 
I think, you know, part of being on a team is, is you know, accepting your responsibility, um, you know, when, when it hasn't gone well. And, um, you know, obviously there's lots of guys, myself more than anyone, that, uh, you know, had a bit of a tough stretch. And, you know, it's good to see everyone kind of uh, getting themselves out of it. You guys are making life a little bit easier for him, though, too. That that probably helps. If you feel like as a group in front of him, the play has gotten better. You're talking about a defensive end, you play's gotten better, too? Yeah, I would say it's gotten better for sure. Um, you know, I think... Uh, especially our, our, our line rush uh, kind of coverage, um, I feel like it's gotten a lot better, um, limiting some of their chances, not as many odd man rushes, um, you know, kind of allowing Stu to see the puck. And when he sees it, he's going to make the stop more times than not. So um, that's a lot of good signs. Can you take us through how Hyman's uh, hat-trick goal broke down for you, your vision and read on that play? Um, yep, just... Um, just kind of strip a puck and um, it was kind of a quick little three on two there and decided not to pass it to Nuge and go to the inside and then just find Hyman on the on the backside. He's on a I don't know if you guys worry about this he's on like a 50 goal pace I know pace is you know whatever it could change every game but mm-hmm. uh, he's finishing a lot of chances this year. Yeah he's been great you know he's uh, he's really found his his groove lately um, especially around the net you know I think uh, obviously that first goal is uh, you know really really nice goal. The second one is a great shot. You know that's uh, that's a that's a harder shot than he made it look. Um, you know a really really good shot. And obviously the third one um, you know, he finishes off. So you know he's done a lot of good things, and it's good to see him um, putting him in the net. You know he's uh, he's a great guy who deserves that. That's Oilers captain Connor McDavid addressing the uh, media yesterday. Oilers will have the uh, morning skate tonight and then take on Minnesota tonight. And again, the Wild loss last night, 2 nothing in Vancouver. Oilers' power play is at 26.3%. That ranks fifth uh, in the NHL. Minnesota's penalty kill, not the best. Uh, ranked 31st in the league at 71.8. So maybe that aspect comes into play tonight text line open one 401 have you a comment about tonight's game or anything else we had a, a lot coming in regarding uh skiing ski hills uh eddie Steele, i guess kind of started this when he was talking about taking his kids to a, a little hill to go tobogganing and things like that and we had uh, several people text in about what they were using going down hills as far as tubes go and, and things like that. Uh, Mike says uh, about this, though, with the Oilers winning streak. Good morning, uh, Kevin, and to you, Duke, as well. Did you guys hear this BS that if the Oilers winning streak goes to seven games, Gregor can cut his hair on New Year's Day? Well, Mike, we have almost gone to the source on this. Connor Halley is in as he is the uh, producer of the Jason Greger show and runs the board. And then, uh, of course, you hear him on Fantasy Frenzy at 11 to 12 with the Duke. Connor Halley says that is not true. Any rumors that if the Oilers were to win a couple more games, Greger can cut his hair on New Year's Day? No. So he's got, well, I guess he's got two more months, a ballpark about that. The letter grow and to be honest with you, it looks fine. I don't know what the big problem is. I think it looks just fine. So uh, other texts coming in about Duke and his 916th uh, 16th uh, Crescent Wrenches. Uh, haha, we used to go to PV Martin Canadian Tire from Anthony, the washed up goalie, to buy everything 916th. Uh, Crescent Wrenches were always in high demand too. So Duke, I mean, this is a big thing. This is uh, is this a, this is a, an epidemic of missing wrenches in 
and sockets. Yeah, I think each individual farm has uh, certain things that maybe above all else uh, tend to go missing more often or get left behind or whatever the case. But but like I was saying uh, from Will's text, yeah, like the 916th, um, <laughs> crescent wrenches, yeah, because it's crescent wrench is always nice to have in a pinch. Um, when you say are missing uh, one particular size of wrench or sock or something, but uh, they don't get used quite as much. But yeah, them, the grain shovels, uh, booster cables, huge one. Uh, where are the booster cables? Uh, oh, I thought they were in this truck. I thought they mm-hmm. were in this tractor. They're, they're MIA. Uh, so every place is a little bit uh, unique in regards to what's always missing, but there are a few universal ones, I think. Uh, email coming in to me at uh, Kevin at sports1440.ca coming to uh, our inbox. Steve Kenworthy sends this one in. Uh, sliding down ski slopes on the pads they use to surround the base of the lift towers is the ultimate. However, they're called lower padding, lower tower padding. However, watch out. Don't run into the same tower you took the pad off of. It's happened before and ends badly. That comes from the resort rat, Steve. That's, uh, that's who provides our, uh, our ski report. Really? Every day, yes, Steve, uh, down from down at Snow Valley. Well, so he's obviously done this. Uh, Clearly, clearly, well-versed, very well-versed. So they have to be comfortable. It's not like, again, like you're going through on this tube, you're thinking, you're bouncing around on there. These these are pads, they got a little softness to them, I assume. Well, I don't, so they wrap them around the, the chairlift poles, Mm -hmm. obviously for safety reasons, but if you're actually running into one of those, um, I don't know how much help they're going to provide because once like I, I've never done that. I've ran into plenty of trees mm-hmm. uh, in my time, uh, the occasional other other skier or snowboarder in a bad situation. But I can say I've never ran into a chairlift pole in all my reckless skiing endeavors. You haven't, huh? No, have you? Uh, well, no, but I mean, I'm not getting near them either. Well, that's because normally they're up uh, in through the the trees right, right yeah. and so that's uh, as we've mentioned that's where i like to spend a lot of my time out on the hill is bombing in and out of some uh, some tree runs and some little nooks and crannies so if you're coming out of there a little hot uh-oh look out uh ski pole but i've have managed you, to avoid them all have you ever stuck your tongue to the chairlift uh <laughs> yeah everyone you has, have oh when you're oh. when you're younger oh yeah i think everybody's done oh, that come on or the other thing is like as you're going up the chairlift you reach out with your poles and you you tap every every pole and you count them on the way up the the lift oh geez duke before uh, uh nfl i wanted to ask you this one question before we get to uh jesse pierce nhl.com and bar down beauties podcast besides the philadelphia dallas game that's the number one game of the week is that oh fair god to say? oh yeah okay. for sure for sure where would you rank the indianapolis cincinnati game because this i mean if indianapolis can win this game that's a good foothold on a playoff spot but if Cincinnati can come back and win, and we saw what the Bengals did on Monday night, I mean, they've got a sniff then. I like I like Indy the way things are going with the Colts right now, but now after watching the Bengals on, on uh, Monday night and watching Jake Browning, I might be a believer that they can continue on. We, we, all, we said, I said, they're done. They're done for next year. 
yeah. for this year. It's all next oh, year. Oh, yeah. I, I think we were pretty well all in agreement there. But yeah. yeah, Jake Browning really balled out on Monday. I'll be honest with you, Kevin. There are a ton of really good games uh, on deck this weekend. Uh, Chiefs, Bills will certainly have a high profile. Uh, you mentioned Colts, Bengals, mm-hmm. Jags, Browns, uh, playoff implications. Seahawks clinging to life. Uh, they play the Niners, see if they can keep their hot streak going. Yeah. Um, even like the Bucks and Falcons, like that, that, that terrible NFC South is still up for grabs uh, and the Bucks want to keep themselves in the mix so a win there um, Vikings how does Josh Dobbs bounce back uh, going up against the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium like there is a, there's no shortage of good ones I will say the two probably ones I'm least interested in will come to us uh, on Monday night in yeah. the Packers uh, Giants and two Titans games, Dolphins right? yeah, yeah. Two, two time Monday night and starting at the same time they're not even staggering them uh, they must be making money somehow off it because they would never do it other than that. Mm. Do you think New Orleans can still win the division? Five and seven there. Well, anybody can still I win get, that division. I get, yeah, um, but I, you're, no, you're taking Atlanta or Tampa, aren't my, you? My, I mentioned this last week yeah. or might have been earlier this week. I, I'm sneaky on the Bucks uh, mm-hmm. to win that division still. It's just something about the talent they have. Um, and the Falcons also have uh, as much talent, but I don't trust their quarterback play and I don't really trust... Um, the coaching there uh, with Arthur Smith. I'm not necessarily to say yeah. I trust, uh, trust Todd Bowles as the head coach of Tampa either, but when you've got like a Hall of Fame wide receiver there already, uh, Rashad White's been dynamic, and their, their defense is banged up, but if they could uh, at any point get some guys back, it's only going to get better. So yeah, I'm kind of, uh, like of low-key on Tampa to win the division, but mm. either way, it's it's kind of a nothing burger because whoever wins that division will, I th- in my opinion, be Slaughtered. pretty quickly ousted in the wild card game. Yeah, no one's, no one's shredding it in that division. No either. one's shredding the gnar in the <laughs> NFC South. <laughs> when we come back, we'll see what uh, Jesse Pierce has been shredding uh, from NHL.com and Bar Down Beauties podcast. Uh, we'll tee up uh, the game from a Minnesota Wild, I guess, perspective with Jesse Pierce when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Puck Report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Right now during the Road Ready Sales event, you can save up to $225 on select tires and a bonus of $50 off any service until December the 16th. Book your appointment at FountainTire.com. Some restrictions do apply as we uh, welcome in Jesse Pierce. We just lost her, but we'll welcome in Jesse Pierce from uh, NHL.com and the Bar Down Beauties podcast. Uh, We just lost her, but uh, the Duke of Dalburn, Brandon Douglas, is just redialing right now as the Oilers get set to take on Minnesota tonight. The Wild lost last night in Vancouver by a score of two to nothing. Twenty six save performance by Casey DeSmith, uh, the first loss under the new head coach John Hines. As we welcome in Jesse Pierce back to the show, Jesse, welcome back to Sports fourteen forty. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday. Oh, it's Friday. Isn't it great? And uh, we're all wired up here because we had a, a, a snowboarder, a big ski jumper, uh, Valentino Giselli on, and he got me all on these new rad sayings, Jesse. So if I start throwing <laughs> these things at you, uh, I don't know what they mean, but maybe you do. So we'll we'll take Perfect. it from there. I like it. Yeah. So <laughs> before we get to tonight's game, how's, how's the Bar Down Beauties podcast been going? Good. We had a uh, former Minnesota Wild coach, Dean Ebsen, on this week just to check in. Mm-hmm. Talked a little bit, obviously, about his next career plans. He still wants to coach in the NHL, but mostly just had some fun with him. You know, it was kind of nice to check in. He recognized it wasn't necessarily his undoing that uh, had the Minnesota Wild off to such a bad start, but the chips had to fall where they lie. So it's been good. It's been mm-hmm. fun. Uh, I enjoy doing it each and every week. Uh, any other uh, guests that you could kind of recall off the top of your head that uh, maybe our listeners would be interested to know that you've had on the show? 
I mean, we talk extensively about our love for Connor McDavid. So oh. Oilers fans might find that in particular. Yeah. Sometimes we call him Con. Um, but no, we, we do a little bit of that. We've had anywhere from Mike Madonna to Doc Emmerich to Linda Cohn um, kind of run the series. And then obviously quite a few Minnesota Wild players have stopped by to uh, give us their thoughts on the team. But generally we try to think outside the mm. box. So if you ever have any guests that you want to throw our way, sure. we'd be happy to do um, that. <laughs> I, for sure. Um, Linda Cohn, I've met her a couple times when I was in New York. Just a fascinating uh, broadcaster. And I always think when I when you think of Linda, you know, there's so many women in the sport of broadcasting that, yeah, they're not exactly, they could really give a you-know-what about hockey. But Linda Cohn, <laughs> I, I think it's her number one sport that she loves. It is. She does. She absolutely loves it. She's a big Henrik Lundqvist fan, a big Rangers fan, obviously, out there in New York. Um, But she was a role model for me growing up Mm -hmm. when I kind of decided I wanted to get into sports. The fact that she loved hockey was even more exciting for me because I kind of identified that sport as my number one. Um, But she's just a wonderful human being. Mm -hmm. She's always so giving and gracious with her time, even as big of a deal as she is. Um, she's just great. She actually came to Minnesota for the first time in quite some time last year to cover a wild game. So it was nice to face to face, meet her and, and catch up with her. Cause she's even more lovely in person. It's just really uh, exciting to have somebody like that in my wheelhouse. Uh, Jesse Pierce, NHL.com and bar down beauties podcast. Uh, any other uh, broadcasters that uh, when you were kind of getting into the business that you looked up to and kind of helped you get to, to where you are right now? Oh, you know, that's a good question. And I don't know, there's been so many people along the way, right? I think I'm always so grateful for making the connections in this industry. I mean, I think that's what makes especially sports so interesting is everybody's willing to help one another out, it seems. You're always, everybody remembers being that young, doe-eyed kid down in the locker room. And certainly it's exciting for me to see my career shift where I get to kind of be that mentor and I get to have some of these young college kids seek my advice, um, but, no, I would say all the Minnesota local-based media, you know, whether they're with Valley Sports North, Kevin Gorg has always been tremendous. And that's the thing. I think men have just been as supportive as the women, which mm-hmm. I think is also very important when it comes to sports. So I've been very lucky to have met a lot of really tremendous people uh, in my career, and, and that continues to grow each and every day, too. Mm-hmm. Jesse Pierce, NHL.com, and the uh, Bar Down Beauties podcast is our guest on Sports 1440. So Minnesota comes into Edmonton tonight after a, a 2 nothing shutout loss last night in Vancouver. Uh, what did you make of that game, Jesse? Yeah, a good first period for Minnesota. Amazingly enough, they weren't able to find the back of the net despite having a lot of possession, despite starting off quick, which we knew that they needed to do. Vancouver obviously has been the top team in the NHL this season uh, with the likes of their high-octane offense and Brock Besser. But after that first period, Minnesota kind of fell apart. I don't know if it was frustration or, or what have you. They just looked like a different team. They looked kind of like the team that was pre-John Hines, a little bit of that Dean Edson where they were doing some uncharacteristic things. The third defensive pairing of John Merrill and Alex Goligoski really, really struggled. They've kind of struggled mightily throughout the course of the season, but last night was a bad game for them. Kirill Kaprizov, who had kind of finally been finding his groove, it seemed, and finding his edge work and, and his skills, he kind of looked like he set back. Uh, Matt Boldy looked good and Philip Gustafson looked good. Aside from that, I think there were a lot of kind of blemishes and warts that reemerged in the Vancouver game. Uh, Minnesota certainly lucky to get away and get out of that game 2-0, and a, a large part of that is on Philip Gustafson. But, yeah, it was just kind of a little concerning. And then now, obviously, having it be the first of a back-to-back heading into Edmonton, another big tough test tonight for the Wild. So that's a tough 
you know, we always talk about back-to-backs, but I mean, <laughs> it's funny when the, you know, the Eastern teams say, well, yeah, we had a back-to-back, but this is a tough one because you're on the West Coast and then you're coming here and it was the first loss, as you said, uh, for John Hines uh, and three and four nights for Minnesota. So it's going to be a tough test for the Wild in this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what the schedulers were looking at because it's kind of funny. Minnesota goes from Calgary to Vancouver to Edmonton Mm -hmm. and then back over to Seattle. So it's definitely an interesting four-game road trip for Minnesota. But, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to really have to brush off last night's loss, figure it out, and get back to playing the way that they had been playing under John Hines when they had won four straight. I mean, that offense was very quick-moving. They were easy to break out of the zone, and a lot of really good things had come to light for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But again, some of those ugly things were very visible last night uh, in Vancouver that just can't be shown tonight against Edmonton. Uh, Jesse Pierce from NHL.com and Bar Down Beauties Podcast is our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, last time you were on, Jesse, we discussed uh, Edmonton product and Captain Jared Spurgeon, who was out with an injury at that time. Now, back in the lineup, uh, but is he still trying to kind of find his way after missing so much time? Um, You know, yes and no. I think there was a lot of pressure put on the return of Jared Spurgeon and and his debut because the defense had been struggling so mightily. And as expected, Spurge came in and he's been a constant. He's been a consistent, but it's not like the team dramatically changed and improved and was all of a sudden world better. And that's not necessarily a knock on, on Spurge. It's just a knock on the way the defense in general kind of has been performing. It's been very up and down. Um, it's just been kind of a little loosey-goosey out there, which is very uncharacteristic of a Minnesota Wild team that ever since the Jacques Lemaire days has been very shut down defensively and very hard and heavy on some of their checking aspects. But Spurge is, is playing a little bit like Spurge. I wouldn't say that there's any, you know, hangover from his injury or there's anything he's struggling with. I think the entire Minnesota Wild squad is just really struggling to engage and get to their best level each and every night. Do you think, Jesse, sometimes around the league, and, I, you know, we kind of, you know, we've met the family, know the family here in Edmonton and things like that, but maybe around the league he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves as being, uh, you know, a great leader and a big, big part of this team, Uh is that is that uh, am I fair in saying that? I think so, and I think uh, fans in Minnesota would be very quick to tell you how little recognized he gets. You know mm-hmm. how he doesn't really get the fanfare he maybe deserves. I mean, he's very beloved here in Minnesota. Again, considering his path to get to where he is, it's remarkable coming into camp and being undrafted and making the team and and establishing himself now as a captain for the past couple seasons. Um, he is. He's he's very dependable. Jared Spurgeon's a little quiet, mm-hmm. um, so it makes it kind of always a curious choice for a leader, but certainly when you have Marcus Foligno uh, in there as well, you don't necessarily need two booming voices. But Spurge has really used his veteran status and his experience to the benefit, especially as Minnesota right now kind of looks to get a little bit younger. They're kind of in this weird limbo where you've got a mix of really young players who are just entering the league to a mix of your veteran guys as well within Spurgeon and Pat Maroon and mm-hmm. Marcus Lino and, and some of those likes and Matt Zuccarello as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, again, Minnesota fans will tell you Jared Spurgeon's the best defenseman they've seen, along with Jonas Brody, and that's another uh, fan's favorite yeah. and another guy that I think is very underrated in the NHL scene. Um, so he's certainly appreciated here by the Minnesota lot. Uh, you know, uh, Pat Maroon, you mentioned him. He's got the big rig, has a lot of fans still around here. Uh, what kind of fit has he been in Minnesota? Yeah, you know, I think the great thing about Pat Maroon, and it's something that uh, general manager Bill Guerin really has always valued, is he isn't afraid to tell it like it is. He's kind of, he can be very harsh, I think, sometimes, which 
when you're not playing well, it needs to be heard. And I think he's kind of been that vocal leader. Also, he's really showcased a little bit more skill than I think any of us had ever given him credit for. I know when Bill Guerin went out and brought Pat Maroon in, the thought was, oh, he's going to replace Ryan Reeves, who Minnesota mm-hmm. had signed last year and obviously let walk to Toronto in uh, free agency. But really, Pat Maroon has found a nice, niche and a nice home on between the third and the fourth line. I mean, wherever he is, he's really made his presence known. He's using that big body in the right ways. Um, and in addition to, again, as I'd mentioned, that veteran leadership in the locker room, it's really been a nice, complete mm-hmm. package at a good cost for Bill Guerin, too. So Minnesota's certainly excited to have him. I mean, it never hurts when you've got a couple Stanley Cup champion pedigree players in your locker room either. Jesse Pierce, uh, our guest, covers the Minnesota Wild for NHL.com. Can you put your finger on, and has there been a big difference in the sense of the coaching change as far as special teams go, but can you put your finger on why the Wild have had struggles this year on both maybe the PK and the power play? Yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting thing, right? Because you do look at the, the power play and penalty kill have kind of always been very up and down, and toward the end of last year, Minnesota really struggled with that, especially in the playoffs. Well, now, granted, they were going against the Dallas Stars, who have a potent power play situation going on, so it was kind of a tough draw there in the first place. But I think it's a matter of they continue to just tweak it because, really, they're looking at these different guys. And, I mean, at one point in time, even before John Hines, they had an all-forward uh, power play unit one. And, and the power, the penalty kill, they went to, you know, all defensemen even at one point in time. It's been very, very interesting to see what they're trying to do to shake things up. John Hines continues to still evaluate. He's able to put a thumbprint on a little bit. But, again, with the schedule being what it is since he's been brought in, he hasn't been able to make wholesale changes. And as he's mentioned, he doesn't want to make wholesale changes. Yeah. I think the struggle when it comes to special teams, again, it just goes back to some of those defensive breakdowns and those defensive mistakes and and sometimes trying to be too cute with the puck rather than just playing a dump and chase and trying to get the puck out of the zone. Sometimes Minnesota's trying to do almost too much rather than just playing simple hockey, and that includes special teams and five-on-five. So I think that's the biggest thing for John Hines is in figuring out your units on the penalty kill and then the power play is just getting that confidence, reminding those guys that they're able to do this. And again, it's improved since he's taken over, um, but I don't know that there's been a full system change just yet. I wouldn't be surprised in the coming weeks if we see a little bit more to that, though. Mm -hmm. Jesse Pierce, NHL.com, is our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, I've had the privilege of knowing Billy Guerin for about 25 years now when he played here in the late 90s. And, uh, you know, he basically came in and made a lot of moves, and he put his, his... trademark his stamp on this team and after i believe it's next year the buyout uh, with 15 million basically with zach parisi ryan Suter ends uh, for the wild how can bill garen continue to shape things moving forward uh, i guess going into next year and finally being able to kind of see that light at the end of the tunnel where he's got the opportunity to to uh, work with a little more salary cap i guess you could say Yeah, I mean, I think Bill Guerin knew that it was going to be tough. He Mm -hmm. knew what these buyouts meant for the organization moving forward. I don't think he recognized just how tough it really was going to be until he was knee-deep in it this year. I mean, with the salary cap restraints, it's very hard for him to even make recalls from Iowa and the American Hockey League and, and bring players up as needed. So it's definitely going to be a tough year. It's going to be a tough year next year. And with that being said, it's going to limit what Bill Guerin can really do in the offseason. Now, granted, Bill Guerin always ma- manages to figure something out, right? He always makes a pulls a rabbit out of a hat somehow, and, and that's why we joke in Minnesota, in Billy G we trust, because <laughs> he does figure it out. But I think 
once you get through these next two years and once he gets <clears throat> to have the money that he has, once some of these prospects start getting into the theater program as well, you're going to see a very different Minnesota Wild team, a very exciting team. So I think as it sits right now, it's about Bill Guerin making sure his players buy into that, making sure Kirill Kaprizov understands that, hey, you know what, these next two years, we're still going to go for the playoffs, we're still going to try to make it, but I promise you in three, four, five years, mm-hmm. we're going to have a really good team that can be an actual contender. So it's hard to hear. I know fans certainly hate to hear that because nobody likes waiting. Nobody likes waiting like Minnesota sports fans hate waiting. But uh, there has to be a patience element because, unfortunately, that's what the situation is. And as Bill Guerin will always quickly tell you, he does not regret the decision to buy out Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. And, mm-hmm. you know, even knowing how difficult it's been, it's something that he stood by. And, and again, he still has a competitive team on the ice. It's just not going to be this incredibly fun team for a couple of years down the road, I don't think. You know, and one player that I wanted to kind of touch base and I sort of forgot about this, I should have asked you a little bit earlier, is uh, is Jacob Middleton. And I don't think a lot of Oilers fans will recognize the name, recognize exactly how much he's contributed on the back end. But for a person that watches this team on a day, daily basis, uh, Jesse, what can you say about the play of Jacob Middleton this year? I mean, I think it, he is a player that speaks to if you're given the opportunity, you can turn into a really good hockey player, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jake Middleton loves to joke that he was the pick right before Connor McDavid. Well, that meaning he was the last <laughs> overall pick the year before Connor McDavid was selected first overall. That's the kind of character Midzi is, too. I mean, he's just a really good down-to-earth player, but he's been given that opportunity almost out the gate to play with Jared Spurgeon on that top line, and obviously it's nice because he counters Spurgeon's smaller stature, and Jake Middleton's a little bit more brooding, but really his stick handling has, has improved, and he's really solidified himself as as a good, good solid top defenseman. Um, you know, he struggled a little bit out to start the year, as all of the defensemen seem to, um, but certainly a little bit more, again, uncharacteristic of the way that he's played. But mm-hmm. I, I go back to it's just he's been given those opportunities. He's been given the ice time, and he hasn't let it go to waste. He has made himself a top-line uh, pairing with Spurge for a reason, and I know Bill Guerin absolutely adores him. Plus, that mustache, you guys. How can oh. you not love a guy that can rock a lip sweater like that? <laughs> He does look sharp. He does for sure. Uh, anything you can tell us about the Bar Down Beauties podcast coming up in the next little bit as far as uh, guests and, and things like that uh, as we head into Christmas here, Jesse? Yeah, no, uh, new episodes released each and every Tuesday. We're hoping to get Jonas Brodine on in coming weeks. We're also going to kind of shift gears as the PWHL starts up because Minnesota is home to PWHL Minnesota. So we'll get a couple of those gals on too with their season starting here in January. Um, and just having some fun. That's kind of what we're all about. We certainly break down the woes of, mm-hmm. of losing and the highs of winning, but also kind of, you know, keep it light and, and honest and, and just out there having a good time, trying to make a different voice in the hockey space just a little bit. Oh, it's good stuff. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time this morning. Uh, best of the season to you and uh, enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, you too. That's a Jesse Pierce, NHL.com and Bar Down Beauties podcast and part of our puck report brought to you by fountain tire ask about their seasonal tire storage once you get your winter tires put on and they should be put on right now duke they should be you got yours all under control uh my new tires are on order Mm -hmm. uh they're on the way but i'm i'm going the the all-weather route Mm -hmm. um instead of the winter because you know four by four pickup truck plus you're gonna be Yanking, you're going to go to Delburn Lake and be yanking guys around on tractor tire tubes this uh, mm-hmm. over the winter. And yeah, maybe. 
You know, you got to be careful when you're driving your vehicle on ice with the speed. You know that? Yes. Do you know why? Because of science. No, 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 no. Okay, this is an old tip the old timers used to tell me. When driving on a lake, don't drive fast because what happens is the the vibrations first of all so what you're doing i wish i were uh, this i could do some kind of physicist analogy here but when you're driving on there on the lake the vibrations and will turn into a wave underneath and that wave goes under the ice yes. and can create the transfer of energy okay well there you go see i took physics 30 did you oh yeah buddy <laughs> You're looking. You're looking at uh, a, a guy that was uh, back in the day a bit of a brainiac. It all it fell out as I started to uh, consume more alcohol and continue to bang my head off things uh, accidentally. But back in the day, I was uh, quite the smart. You were. Pants. A, you were a physicist. No, I was not. But I took physics thirty and did well enough in it. Were you good at math? Probably. Uh, yeah, okay. math is. Okay. is uh, well, you knew what nine sixteenths is. I have. Uh, I have. Uh, in terms of education, and particularly high school education, uh, I didn't really have a weak point. Did I have I told you the phys ed was my strength? Okay, have, <laughs> I, have I told you my physics story or not? No. Okay, so you, I've told you that I don't have my grade twelve. Correct. correct? Okay, so I needed ninety eight percent on the my final <laughs> physics exam. Needed ninety eight percent to get fifty one percent for the final grade. Yes. So I didn't even bother showing up. I, there was no way. I would get 98%. It was, it's impossible. So I didn't show up for the final exam. I get the report card back. Ralph Wardle was the teacher, and he, uh, I saw him a month, month later, and I get well, the, the, uh, the report card. He gave me 49% without, without, <laughs> without, make, you writing, without writing the final exam. Yeah. So if you, guess it, what, if you showed up, he would have done That's it exactly what he said. He said, if you would have just showed up, I would have given you 51. And that, so my stupidity cost me my grade 12. Let that be a lesson out there to you kids. You kids stay in school. Stay in school. <laughs> what is the end of a G.I. Joe episode here? No, stay in school, kids. Actually, what that's from is uh, Kramer. Oh, well, yeah, The coffee table book. Too, yeah. The coffee table book. When he's on the talk show. With uh, Regis and, and Kelly. Not <laughs> Regis, uh, Regis and Kathy Lee. Yes. Yeah. Oh and you God. kids stay in school. <laughs> uh, you know, and I never put two and two together, but I knew that Jacob Middleton was the last draft pick. That's why I brought him up with... Um, uh, with Jesse Pierce. So he was the last draft pick in 2014, 210th overall to the LA Kings. And look at him now. He's played 183 games in the NHL. And as he says, he was drafted right before Connor McDavid. Pretty cool. When we come back, we'll put a little bowl on this week, uh, this show and everything. And uh, we'll talk a little more about the week that was, the week that will be, and I'm sure we got a few more texts. Let me have a look here. Yes. Uh, the Juice we'll get to. Niner Man and Imitation Tom talking about Marks, Shovels, Bunny Hills, Ski Hills, and 916th Wrenches. That's coming up as we close out the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. And you can't get a better song to close out the week, Duke. I'm so glad you agreed to that one. That was my only request over the 68 shows we've done. That is true. That is uh, going, going back to our very first Friday. That was your uh, your yeah. only request. Because we went on Tuesday morning. It was uh, That was our first show on Tuesday. And you, you said, hey, is there a song you want to close out the week with? And I 
Well, the song that we started on the Tuesday was uh, Maxine Nightingale from Slapshot. That was Correct. the very, that was the uh, get right back to where we started from. That was the very first show on the Tuesday, right after the September long weekend, and here we are, sixty eight shows later. But then you did ask me, is there hey, is there a show you want to or a song? Because I, I asked about like Friday, because obviously yeah. on Fridays, Gregor runs uh, j- just Brass Bonanza yes. every break. And so I asked if there was something like that you wanted, and you're like, no, Brass Bonanza sucks. Yeah. Um, so uh, <laughs> then we kind of put a, our own twist on it and say that it's just Feel Good Friday. So we, we open it up to the listeners to choose a lot of the music. And each time a request comes in, I add it into my uh, my list mm-hmm. of Friday songs. And so now they're all just constantly in uh, in kind of a rotation. Always, there's a few staples that will be played every Friday. Uh, it's only love at 7:40. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karma Chameleon at some point. Come on, Eileen at some point. Then the rest are pretty much all in a a steady rotation, ending with a little bit south of Saskatoon. Did Eddie have a request today? Eddie's was a billionaire. Oh, uh, which was one where you're like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, what? This is a this has kind of got some funk to it. You know, I can never tell if Eddie's you know he's if he's texting you for a song or he's looking up certain information doing yeah. research. Yeah. Oh, well, could be both. Could very Looking well Looking up be. information on a song to text me. We learned a lot today, didn't we? About oh, goodness, just, did uh, we ever. I mean, Val, Valentino Giselli, he gave me 10 or 12 new words for the vocabulary. And you learned that there's more than just one Star Wars movie? I did learn that. And 916th socket wrenches and wrenches are they're hard Easy, to come by. Easily misplaced. They're hard to come by. Well, they're not hard to come by. They're just easily misplaced. Why? I, I'm going to look I, on my wall. I've got, you know, a beautiful array of wrenches and mm-hmm. screwdrivers and sockets. They're all there. Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of who you're working with. Oh, oh yeah. And it, it like there are some people that are, are very meticulous about as soon as something gets used, it gets mm-hmm. put back into whether it's a it's spot on the wall, in the drawer, uh, in your like uh, I like in the box of my truck. That's where I keep my uh my socket set in my box of wrenches and mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, but some pla- it's just like if you're, whether it's in a rush or whatever, you hand it to somebody else to do something with, it's, it's, it just seems that it's always the 916ths uh, that go missing. <laughs> this, I, I think we both just read this text from Juice at the same time. <laughs> They're yep. always there, Kevin, because you never use them. <laughs> so that means you're not doing any work. Thanks from the Juice. Uh, the Juice always also said about uh, Valentino Giselli, is this cat as smart as pre-med struds? Oh, I think that was talking was that- about me after, oh. uh, <laughs> because he just sent that one in. Oh. Um, we were just talking about my uh, experience in Physics 30, oh. where I apparently fared a little bit better than you. I can't, uh, I can't disagree with that. That was a tough time, grade 12. But I never went to a lot of classes. Never went. And so, so that's literally the real difference, I think, between generations, I guess, because like, and I mean, I get there's still tons of kids that like skip class and stuff, but like that wasn't an option for me. <laughs> Even on snow days, Kevin, yeah. like yeah, buses aren't running, school's open, but buses aren't running, so you stay home. As soon as I had my license, I was still going to school on those days because I would rather be sitting there on a day where there's no one else there, so you can pretty much just have the day to do whatever you want, play computer games, catch up on some homework instead of staying home mm-hmm. where I'd be outside burning twines off the bale shredder in minus 35 okay. degrees Celsius or when you're working, op- yeah. opening gates. Like what, where would I rather be outside mm-hmm. or in the school? Even if there's nobody else there and you, you know, you go to the gym, shoot the basketball around for like half the day. It was, that seemed like a way better option to me. 
We were playing frisbee with Chuck Creighton and the Silver Surfers in the regional park. That's what oh my God. you talk about skipping classes. We were skipping days and weeks. I can only imagine. It was like Jeff Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture you and your uh, your your gang of buddies. You're like the, the John uh, Lay gang. The uh, what's uh, the the T Birds from Greece? <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was that um, was you and your boys with your matching leather jackets uh, hanging out in the park, yeah. chucking the bee around. We had well, we were the John Lay gang. That, that a lot of that was they were a year ahead of me, but um, the John Lay gang. We would terrorize small town Saskatchewan, going from town to town to town, and just displaying an exceptional form of pugilistic prowess. Dominating the the streets of Newdorf and Kalali, Grayson it wasn't even close back in the day, Duke. Oh my God, that's a uh, what a what an artistic way to articulate <laughs> your shenanigans that you would get up to as a youth. Well, what how it started? One time we were in Newdorf and some lady we were just just finished mopping the floor with all the Newdorfians. That's where Jared Stoll's from, by the way. And uh, some lady got out on her porch on the front step and said, John Lay, you and your gang get out of here. And hence the John Lay gang was born. 40th anniversary coming up, Duke. Of the John Lay gang? Yeah. 40 you have, years. Do you have a specific date it well, was, was founded? Or yeah, just the year? Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I know... Well, I'll be 57, and that's when, you know, I was 16 years old. And There you go. So those were the days. Those were the days, Duke. <laughs> I'm getting a bunch of texts from the boys right now. Uh, yeah, I think I think your your youth in small-town Saskatchewan was uh, mildly different than mine in small-town AB. But I, you know what? I don't know about that, Duke, because, see, small-town, you know, we're going down gravel roads and – you know, we're hitting the signs of the beer bottles and things like that. Okay, well, yeah, that's you know. the same then. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like, we didn't, because if we were to skip school, like, there were some kids that skipped school, but, like, they were really bad. Maybe I was a nerd, I guess. I don't know. That skipped, that uh, that liked school, you mean, or what? Well, like, I, I liked going to school. I think that's where all my friends were. Hmm. It's not like, because, like, an after school, like, if you didn't have hockey practice or, or baseball or something, like, you go home. You do chores, you do your homework, whatever. Like it's, and then you only people you see are your family. And my sisters spent a large portion of their time, or my yeah. sisters, pardon me, spent a large portion of their time trying to kill me in my youth, whether it be running me over with quads or drowning me in cattle water tubs. So I, the time at school was cherished. I reveled in the opportunity to learn and broaden my mind. <laughs> but you still, and again, are you? You said you're not the big physics guy. Or you are, or were. Well, like, like I was. Like, I, I obviously can't remember a lot of it anymore because I have had no reason to keep up on it. But uh, I, I, I excelled in school. It was, uh, it was a lot different. So, like, when I went to Nate mm-hmm. um, in the radio program, and this was after I'd already gone to the the U of A as well, is that a lot of them you hear them like talk about like, yeah, here how like what's your kind of story, yada yada, and a lot of them say, oh yeah, I struggled with traditional school or all these things and and that's totally like it's not for everybody and that's why they want to do this mm-hmm. non-traditional job of working in radio or media or tv and but like i i did very well in school as a kid well, you can tell 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, my my physics thirty uh, diploma. There was lots of button or questions about how to uh, to oh. press the buttons on the radio board. Well, it was a hell of a week, Duke. You did a hell of a job again. Uh, we had some great guests. We had a great guest today as well. Uh, Shereen Williams, man, unreal football knowledge. Uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, NBC Pro Football Talk. Uh, Mark Spector, Kevin Radomski, uh, Valentino Giselli gave me a whole new concept of what's in and what's out and what's hip. Uh, Brendan Matthews from Canada Snowboard. Big air going on tomorrow at Commonwealth Stadium. Check it out if you have the chance. And Jesse Pierce from NHL.com and Bar Down Beauties podcast. And of course, Eddie Steele, the former CFLer and our co-host for Bonton Bakery. From your daily bread to a celebration cake, Bonton has that and everything in between for all your baked goods. Order online at bonton.ca. So, Duke, you're going, uh, you've got the game tomorrow morning. You're playing tomorrow morning, the Tropicana. Tropics in action yeah. Saturday morning at the Drake, 10 o'clock. Uh, if you were really that hard pressed for entertainment, uh, we'd love to have you cheer us on. <laughs> and then I think we will uh, spill over maybe to a nearby pub for some lunch and drinks with the crew because we usually play Sunday night. So, there's not a lot of uh, post game opportunities to to hang out and enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. So, I think we'll do that. And then I'll be uh, southbound and down to. Uh, Help look after my niece and nephew as my sister and her husband are in Vegas for the NFR this weekend. Uh, and then Saturday night from the Delburn Agriplex, Senior Outlaws taking on the Sedgwick Sabres in some Senior A hockey action. I'll be on the uh, on the broadcast for that one. Ooh, it's a busy, got one busy, quick, busy weekend. One quick uh, text from Glenn. Uh, Kevin, I grew up outside, outside of Melville. Did you ever frequent Schick's Barn Dances? <laughs> and yes, well, we did a little bit, uh, uh, Glenn. And Kevin Schick, I know, I knew him quite well, beat the snot out of me in grade seven. I got got him back a little bit in grade 10, a little bit. Uh, but uh, we also used to go to Barn 22, which was in Grayson. That was a, a better, more uh, eye candy. Is that, is that what the kids call it? The talent. Talent there. The talent was better. Yeah. Uh, Oilers in action tonight. Uh, in Minnesota's in town, and hopefully the shred gods are with. The Oilers tonight going for win number six in a row. Thanks to all our guests and thanks to you, our listeners. We couldn't do it without you. Thanks for your input on the text line and being a part of the show. It really means a lot to us uh, and uh, we just uh, can't do it without you and enjoy all our uh, interaction with all our guests on the text line. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Oshep T-Bird. Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn. 12 to 2, it's the uh, Lowdown with Alan Mitchell and then 2 o'clock till 6 is the Jason Greger Show. Uh, check out the month of giving. Jason's done a remarkable job all week along with Connor Halley. Uh, if you can, uh, be generous if you can. If you have the ability, a lot of people at this time of the year... Uh, really need it. Um, before Fantasy Frenzy, top of the hour, it is time now for a Sports 1440 update. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here at 7 o'clock on Monday morning. Here is the Duke with the Sports 1440 update.